Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds, and interview others in the antiques and auction trade, and if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Welcome back to The Gavel and the Gavel. It's uh, me, Harry. And usually I'm joined by Simon. But he's not with us because he is snowed under with our day job. He's busy preparing for some big auctions. Um, so he's not joining us. We haven't fallen out over the one chip challenge for those of you who uh, think that I tortured him. I didn't torture him. I blame uh, his family members and his fans down in Devon. But we thought it would be nice to take this opportunity to have a quick recap and uh, producer David, he's chosen his highlights. So enjoy. Let us know what you hit. Let us give us a review. That's what everybody keeps telling me to ask for. Give us a review, like and subscribe, and all that sort of stuff. Here you go. Here's some of the highlights of the podcast so far. Funniest house call. That's a question we do get asked. Oh, a lot. Right. And actually, yes, my go to story is a house call to a hoarder. I've got to be careful with names and the like. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, all customers, relax. We will never name and shame you. We're not naming and shaming. We're not naming and shaming. But I can say there was a lady who was a hoarder in Lyme Regis. Right. And I had to go along uh, to assess a clearance. And there was literally boxes and stuff, floor to ceiling, through the corridors, in every single room. Um, But the lady specifically wanted to show me two vases that she wanted appraised for auction. And they were in her bedroom. This is still very PG, trust me. On her windowsill. I think people need to realise that the number of times we get invited into other people's bedrooms is disproportionately unflattering because that's where people keep all their treasures <laughs> exactly. valuables. So upstairs we squeezed ourselves and into this bedroom and on the windowsill were two really rather nice Russian vases. And as I was looking at the vases, you know, looking for the odd maker's mark and, you know, doing what we do, she rather alarmingly said... Do you like snakes? Snakes. Do you like snakes? And I, I, I think I said, I beg your pardon. Do you like Sorry, snakes? What, as in what? They're on the vases. No, no. I turned round and she was stood the other side of the bed. The bed was roughly made, and she whipped back the duvet to reveal. Hold up. Sit. No, 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 no. What? No, sit. No, no. A well. Do you know what? I always say a twenty foot python, but I, I know it was a python. It was as round as a baked bean tin. What, its circumference? Its circumference. I don't know if it was 20 foot is what I'm saying. That could well be. It was pigging big. And it was in her bed. Okay, okay, stop. Right, I've got a number of questions. I'm sure. One, this must have happened some time ago, because worryingly, I'm not sure I remember it, this. I wasn't there, thank you. No, you weren't. Because as a rotund individual, I think any python that took one look at me is thinking... That's a that's, meal for a week. That's a big old meal. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can. I don't need to look for anything for months. It's in her bed. Why it's, is it in her bed? So, hang on. To be fair, I did qualify it. I said, well, bear in mind, all the other rooms were full of stuff. This is the only bed I could see from the landing. And I said, sorry, is this your bed? And she said, yes, this is my bed. I said, oh, my God, you sleep with a snake. She went, no, 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 no. Don't be so silly. I said, oh, okay. I'm the silly one, right? Um... 
She said, as soon as I get out of bed, Sid gets in because he likes the warm spot. Okay, I've got a supplementary question. Gets in from where? I, I mean, know. it's not like the dog tapping on the side of the bed going, can I sit on the bed with they you while you're in trees, bed? They go up trees, don't they? Snakes, if it can get up a tree, it can get in the bed. Yes, but where? No, see, Mike, see, I've got so many questions. Where is the snake? None of which have got anything to do with antiques or house clearances. But where is the snake in relation to the bed that it knows she's got up? She must go and get the snake and no. say, oh, hi. No, no, no. I've just got up. Do it, you want to sleep in the warm It sets a little snake alarm clock. I don't bloody know. This is what she told me. That, right, so okay. the snake is How in the bed. How long did you stay in the house after this? So... I said, not very comfortable here. Let's take the vases downstairs and we'll look at them there. Let's leave Sid. I don't know if you wake a snake up, whether they get it pissy. It can't have been called Sid. She did not call us snake. Uh, to be Is fair, that you? I've called it Sid. Oh, you've called this thing. I thought, I know what I'm like if some idiot comes and wakes me up whilst I'm having a good old snooze. I don't want to piss off Sid the snake. So I said, let's put the duvet back on this monster and head back downstairs. So we head downstairs. You know you're now going to get cancelled by snakes. Snake lovers. For I don't call, care. For calling monsters. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah. So we go down, we sit in the lounge, and the first thing I'm greeted with is five or six or seven... Net counting has never been your strong It's not really. As an auctioneer, that's good. <laughs> like glass cages, like aquariums, like fish tanks, like whatever. Okay. So... I, I can tell you now, at this point, if you're telling me that those are snake houses... They are. I've left the building. I've gone. No, no, I'm no. Out there. But how I'm about this? No, no, no. But how about this? There's at least five, six or seven of them all stacked up against a wall. They're all empty. Where are the snakes? That's what I said. She said, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? She didn't know. She knows where Sid is. She doesn't know where the other... I said, how many are there? She said, six, seven. I said, what do you mean six, seven? How many are there? Oh, she, she had a counting problem as she well. She had a counting problem as well. So the snakes were all loose in a hoarder's house. I okay. think that... I don't think, I, I don't think people realise enough how odd... The perils of going things. into... Did we clear this house? Because obviously we're... No, money, we did not. We're money-grabbing no, no, no. idiots. No, <laughs> no, no. Because I thought we, as auction houses, are probably not the greatest at health and safety. But even I had some disturbing health and safety issues and questions around how exactly do we train our teams to deal with seven loose snakes. Were they, the, were they all the squeezy ones or were some of them the bitey snakes? I don't know because we says, couldn't find using them. using his professional <laughs> snake wrangling <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> I don't know. I did, if I'm brutally honest, at that point, um, I left a quote that was so obscene so that we made sure we did not get the job that I could get the hell out of yeah, the snake I house. I think I'd been um, well out of there. So we were, yeah, let's get it, Corey. Let's get it, get it off, get it, get it, get it get it off the chest. chest. So we were recording, or they were filming, Antiques Road Trip at Windsor. Now, before I tell this anecdote... <laughs> You're going to try to soften the blow. I need to soften the blow by saying that the individual involved is a hero of mine, and I think he's fantastic. Philip However, Sarrell. Mr. Serrell, yeah, Philip thanks. Sarrell. I was going to leave him out there, but Philip Serrell. You're not protected. Yeah, he turned up. Mr. Philip Serrell. He turned up and proceeded to watch rugby on his phone, not really engaged in the rest of it. I was doing that five-minute montage or two-minute montage or 30-second montage. It's 30 seconds, isn't it? But it takes about 10 minutes to film because I get it wrong. 
um, about what they bought on the antiques road trip. Then forgot I was wearing a microphone for the rest of the afternoon for the auction <laughs> or morning. And then slagged him off because he wasn't joining in. Because <laughs> he was being downright grumpy. To the annoyance of the fact... Well, no, no. When no. I say annoyance, to the alarm, alarm, much better, <laughs> of... The sound recordist. The sound recordist that. and the little producer. And when I say little, that's an age thing. They're all incredibly young who work on that show. And... Very um, lovely. Well, you have to say that. They are very lovely. But we have to say that now because we're now giving them our time. And the look on his face was like, why does this idiot not know? He's got a mic. He's wearing a microphone, and we're now hearing him tell it. He's um, slagging off our. Not your finest moment. I mean, there are a lot of bad moments. I don't don't think that's actually worst. Yeah, there's a lot of things I've got wrong. That was not one of my best. But we learned, you know, we learned to switch the mic pack off when you go to the bathroom. I mean, let's face it, going to the bathroom was less embarrassing than actually giving them a hard time. Yeah, so, but it's not the only time in those 12 years that we've offended people. I blame, I blame you. Yeah, well, you did tell me the other day, or reminded me, about an occasion with a lady from the rostrum. Oh, no, see, actually, that's not offending. That was probably one of your finest hours. I hate to give it to you. I hate to give it to you. Little story from the rostrum, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. So, we had... The gavel and the gavel. This is more gavel than gavel, I can assure you. So we had an African spear, throwing spear, spear. No, stop. What? No, it's an African spear. It's an African throwing spear. No, all spears are throwing. Well, one of them might be a prodding spear. There might be just more for prodding. Okay. I don't know. Right, right. so we've got an African... That's a technical term. I don't know. Prodding and throwing. We're going to go with either an African throwing spear or a... African prodding spear or just spear, right? Anyway, point being, Harry sold an, a lovely African spear, doesn't matter what it made, and we hammered it down with the gavel. So now we've got gavel and gavel working in conjunction in one story. This is good. Hammered it down to the room, say 50 pounds, buy a 52 in the room. Three or four lots later, we had another African throwing spear or African spear, if you will. As the picture came up on the big screens and Harry said, and here we have a African spear, went on to do the rest of it. A rather snooty woman walked across the front of the rostrum. And I don't mind saying that because she was snooty and said to Harry, (laughs) said to Harry, I think you'll find you've done that one. And Harry came back quick as you like. I think you're fine, madam. They made more than one, which I have to say. I have to say, got a really good laugh from the audience, put her in her place. I think you'll find the Africans made more than one, madam. (laughs) Which I have to say, I have to give that to you. That was quick. That was funny. Uh, There's two two parts of that story. But you're right, she was was offended, sorry, by the way. Yeah, there's two parts of that story that worry me. One, that I uh, was possibly rude to her, but it's by the sounds that she probably was And also that you described our working environment as the audience. We had said we were going to talk about things that we have found and all the rest of it. So I will start with when Windsor Auctions had, was in its infancy. Would that very, be a fair way of saying? Very much in its infancy. Certainly in the first year, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 year or two. Yeah, maybe first year. Um, we had a lady come to us uh, with a boot full of stuff and was having a tough old time. God bless her. In the boot was a very nice little Chinese vase, which... For many people in the Chinese ceramics scene, it's very difficult to tell which ones are 
kind of flying which ones aren't. And also she had, the only other thing we took off were some Victorian marbles. Marbles, yeah. Not the Elgin marbles, just some marbles. Not the Elgin marbles. That's a whole another debate. And um, the Victorian marbles. So it went into a sale and I think our... Auction estimate, I want to say, was 800 to 1,200, was it? That's correct. Yeah. 800 to 1,200. 800 to 1,200. So it took about five minutes, six minutes? I can actually remember it was lot 55. Yeah. And you opened the bidding at 800 or 1,000. Mind you, you should go back a step. What happened on the viewing days? Oh, so the we whole put world this up, up. The whole world turned up. Yeah. And they poked it, prodded it. They shone lights through it. They held it up to the sunlight. They wanted to see mm. it in a darkened cupboard with an ultraviolet light. It was very, very, very strange. And we knew something was afoot. Was afoot. Good phrase. Um, and yeah, so yeah, but on the day, it started at 800 quid. It took about five, but there's a video of this somewhere, I think. But it took about five, an edited version. But they took about five minutes to make it to 30,000, didn't they? Yeah, to 30,000 online. And then it took about 30 seconds to get to 55,000. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it was great success and um, all good fun. But the side story was when we rang the customer to tell her the good news and her good fortune, because uh, we were all... She'd been watching online. Basking in reflective glory. She, we started a conversation, have you got something with you? You know, do you want to talk about this? And we're going to tell you about how you've done. And then she said, how did my mark? We said it, so I sold for this much. And then we knew she hadn't been listening because she kept saying, but how did the marbles do? <laughs> they sold for about 200 quid, which is great. She'd have loved 200 pounds before. Then we said, no, you need to pay attention to how much your bars went for. She was very happy. She was very happy. Not quite as happy as our wives were who were sat in the office because the vase actually sold to a gentleman in the room, bizarrely, who came from London, outbid the internet, outbid another fellow in the room, up to whatever it was, 58,000, and then literally got up, walked into the office, and gave a debit card to the girls. Oh, yeah. At which point they went, what now? What am I supposed to do with this? Susie's recollection was she was typing in the numbers and the zeros and progressively shaking <laughs> more and more, pressed the thing and it literally popped up on the screen, call this number. And they went, oh no, what are we gonna do? Called the number, they said, yes, hand the phone to our client. He gave some coded message, the peacock is on the watchtower or something. I don't know. <laughs> and the next thing, <laughs> the little machine went zzz, zzz, and that was that. And he picked up his vase and walked out, which was really quite bizarre. And when you haven't been selling items of that value initially, it is quite an eye-opener. Well, that was our All first. Best. That was our first big sale. First big sale. And actually, it and was... subsequently, it, it does help, because you can then go from strength to strength after that. What was funny is, though, that was lot 55, and we were very new to the business, and we were very new to auctioneering. And bless them, our faithful audience, auction audience, auction public, gave us a big round of applause, and there were audible gasps. The thing is, we then had to go to lot 56, which was two framed prints for a fiver. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and carry on for another 700 lots, thinking, what just happened there? You were on holiday two weeks ago, well-earned, I might say, Harry, well-earned, and I had to send you a WhatsApp picture 
of the Wall of Shame from the Antiques Trade Gazette. Yes, so um, we may have mentioned this before, I don't know if we have. Um, The Trade Press, the Antiques Trade Gazette, um, publishes a barometer about eight pages in, which is, it's, well, it's an interesting read, um, if you're not the one oh, who can't read the if item. If you're the same as me, I <laughs> flick to that straight yeah, away. I always want to see what I'm Straight the away. And basically, it's a barometer of the highest prices achieved above auction estimate, uh, which basically means that How the auctioneer badly? got it wrong. Yeah. Um, I currently am beating Simon for the number of times that I've appeared, um, but yeah. Yeah, that wasn't good. So you sent me a picture yeah. of some uh, well, bronze Chinese censors. Why don't you tell all the listeners what was on the little article about Windsor auctions? Uh, yeah, so we valued these two bronze censors that have been in somebody's loft, uh, client of ours loft, for 40 years or so. And uh, he found them when he was, and he went, he's been up here for 40 years. Yeah, we put them in at 50 to 80 pounds. Let's just take a pause. We put them in, when you said, I like the way you've dragged me into this, we put them in. Oh no, everybody in the building. Oh no, 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 trust me. There's six or seven of us and I've got Put everybody. them in at, and let's just hold there for a second, at 50 to 80 pounds. Right. And then if I, if my memory serves me correctly, it took us five and a half minutes yeah. to hammer the lock down and it made... Just over 13 thousand. <laughs> I'd like to say that as much as uh, internally within the company uh, people are laughing at me, um, the client's incredibly happy. I am sure. Do you know what? And I was thinking that this is one of the strangest businesses in the world where you can make a what would be considered a mistake and come out really rather well on the other end of it. Yeah, you're sort of smelling of roses, but you feel quite a lot of internal Internal shame. shame. So, you know, the client thinks we're wonderful and we're thinking... Well, as uh, many people have said to me, they could have been something, they could have been nothing. And um, that does happen occasionally. And um, so, yeah. Oh, let's be honest. It's one of the reasons, quite simply, that we do this job. Yes. Because there is nothing better. And, And that was delightful as well, because the client was in the room. Yeah. Um, without going into any detail, the client has not had the best twelve months. That's a good. That's a good way of putting it. And this felt like a little bit of what's the word? Certainly cheered them up. It cheered them up, and it cheered the room up, and it showed everybody in the room online, and that we're talking to now. Okay, it's not life-changing money, don't get me wrong, but it's a blooming nice holiday, isn't it? Well, considering what's going on in the world, and we don't want to be negative on this uh, podcast, but any sort of additional funds that you weren't expecting is hugely welcome, right, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. I did a cool clearance this month where um, we had to book in with the train company to um, get to the house. So, yeah, get this. So their driveway Mm. to this house has a train, the main track from Waterloo to Reading, runs through across their driveway. So we had to drive the lorry to the, yeah. And so they've got their own level crossing. What? So you pre-book your slot (laughs) and you drive to the railway and then you ring this, there's a phone, you've got your own private phone, you ring them and you say, we're here. 
and they say, yeah, you've got four minutes until your slot, get back in your vehicle, and then the gates go up, you drive across, I don't know why I'm doing hand actions now, because that's not helping a podcast, you drive across, you get out of your vehicle, you ring them to say we're across, the gates go down, Oh my and then we went to work. Coupled with this, that they had the largest tortoise the world's ever seen wandering around their garden. Who? Whoa! I, I don't. I, hang on a minute. But this thing broke into a sprint when we arrived because it's very friendly. So I thought tortoises just hung around, and did very little. I couldn't be. Long, I couldn't be more wrong. This thing jogged over to see us and said, "I'm, I'm jogging on the spot on a podcast." So again, not helpful. Um, what happens if it tries to cross the railway track? It can't. It's in an. It's in. A, it's, in a, it's in a. Well, unless it learnt to pole vault. But it's fine. It's or in it's an enclosure. And it can't use the phone to get the gates up. Sure. Yeah, but there is a pedestrianised gate. Get this. So if you're crossing it in a van or a car, you ring. But there's a pedestrianised gate which you just take your chances with. So you open no. the gate and look left, look right. No. And then go for it. Now, as a larger human being, <laughs> I have to say that the first time I went to visit this house, I did... I, even I broke into a bit of a sprint. <laughs> Because I don't know how fast a train is, and it's not wasn't a huge amount of sight lines. So that's what I've done. We have a customer. I'm going to call him Chris because that's his name. Um, <laughs> who comes in quite regularly? He's a he's a lovely old boy, and he comes from um, local to us in in Lyme Regis. He comes from a beautiful, picturesque. Devon town, uh, village. It's one of the prettiest villages, certainly in Devon, if not the country, certainly in the southwest. It's one of the longest villages, weirdly. Uh, it's Branscombe. I'll tell you, it's Branscombe because his name's Chris. It's the longest. Hmm? Longest in existence or it's just got a very long... No, it is one, basically one long, long lane of beautiful Oh, I see. cottages and houses. It's a long, long village. There's no depth to it. And I mean that literally rather than it's just a long village. Anyway, the great thing about Branscombe is they're all nuts. And I say this with love. We've got lots of customers from Branscombe. They are 64 shades of nuts. They I, are. I, I do want to say that we started this um, podcast partly because we wanted to lift the veil on auctioneering and house clearance and God knows what. But not to actually destroy our own businesses, if that's all right with you. <laughs> No, it's fine with me. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. They are all, we deal with lots of people from Branscombe. They're all proper, proper lovely people. Um, and they're all lunatics. And I will give you a prime example. Chris, fabulous guy, came into the auction house uh, the week before I went away. And, Hi, Chris. Come he comes into the office. Um, I said, Hi, oh, Chris, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. What have you been up to? And he said, straight off the bat, ah. Oh, We've been panning for gold. Pardon? We've been panning for gold. Where? Legoland? I said... Is that still a thing? Or does that show that I'm a really old parent? You I think that shows you're an old... Oh, Could you do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so, um, Chris is what we would call a bit of a tinker. So he will dive in skips. He will find stuff. He will put stuff in auction. He will sell stuff. He buys and sells... And he's brilliant and he's a proper character and he's but it's anything to turn a buck. He just loves yep. it. He just loves buying like or, like lots of us, you know, if he buys something for a fiver and sells it for eight quid and he makes three, he's the happiest man alive. It's not about the money, he just enjoys it. <laughs> Him and some of his mates down the local boozer, one of them apparently brought up the fact that 
in a village somewhere up in Somerset, wherever, they've been panning for gold in the local river and finding gold. This is how it was reported. This is how nuts Chris and his mates are. Right. So they have then got a map out and said, well, hang on, that river is the one that links up to that, that links up and goes straight through Branscombe. Before the end of the night, and probably a very large amount of liquor, I imagine, they'd gone on Amazon and they bought gold panning kits and they'd spent the last... They can't be on Prime, can they? They can't uh, be delivered next day, surely. Um, do you know what? I'm guessing it's a couple of sieves. I really don't. At this point, <laughs> I was just staring at him. He told me this story like it's perfectly reasonable. So he's like, so we've spent the last two weeks up to our knees in mud and silt and water panning for gold. I said, I know we're in the West, but when it's not the Wild West, what that, what? And he said, well, oh, the very idea good. was... Have you been working on that for long? Lovely. I have. Lovely. I have, been, have you been? Yeah, good. That's, that's as good Excellent. as it gets. So, and guess what? <laughs> Eight the, hour the, delay on a flight. That was what was coming. Uh, Come on. <laughs> and the plan was that they would bring us the big bag of gold and we would then auction it for him on the rostrum. Well, that's very sweet of them. Exactly. And I said, obviously, okay then, where's the gold? And he went, well, that's where the problem starts. We have found mostly rocks. Mostly rocks. 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 And he said, I'm guessing you're not going to want to sell them. I said, oh my goodness, no. Don't want to sell rocks you found in a Branscombe stream. Did they put the rocks back in the stream? Surely the stream needs the rocks. No, they kept the nice ones. Oh, oh, of course. Right. So now you try and tell me that people from Branscombe are not nuts. That was two weeks of his life. Was he the only... But he had a... There was a troop of them doing... No, there's a crew of them. There's a crew of them came up with this cunning plan to get rich. Well, I mean, I don't know who... There's there's several gold hunting um, TV shows, aren't there, on history and discovery and people like that. I mean, if they want to contact Chris, we're happy to hook them up. And um, Branscombe can be put on the map. He looked a little bit crestfallen. I'm not entirely sure because obviously in the pub it clearly sounded like an amazing idea as do most ideas in the pub I think you're fine didn't quite pan out that way Sorry, we do need an update. In a, in the ep- last episode, we were talking about people panning for gold down in yep, Devon. Yep. How are they getting on? Have they found any? Sorry, I didn't They've mean been, to cut across they, your story. Because it's been hot, I have had an update yesterday, in fact, from the man who we shall call Chris, because that's his name. And because it's been so hot, they have been sat, and I say sat, they have taken chairs, I'm assuming they're outdoor chairs, and sat in the stream panning for gold. Do you know what? If it keeps you cool and you're having a chat with your mates, why not? Do you know how much I gold take they... it, I take Shall it, we I tell you how much a... gold they found? Yeah, we're all waiting with... It's the expression, bated breath. I think it is. <laughs> um, total content of gold found thus far is one pebble that looks goldy coloured. Oh, okay. Nice. Not, not the best return on time invested... I've ever heard of. But they're retired, but most of these people, are they? They're, they're from Bransk. Whilst we were away, one of the staff members, Joanna, I think, took in a whole bunch of pictures and she didn't know how to value them quite rightly because that's not her job. So she said the auctioneer will have a look at them when he gets back. Yada, 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 filled in the forms. Um, but on the form, she said, uh, please make special note of the pastel picture of the cow. I said, okay, fair enough. So I waded through, quite frankly, 
a shed of pictures. Yes. Of nice catch. Thank you. <laughs> dubious value in the extreme. Dubious value. Um, and then I when you mean dubious, you don't mean dubious value. You mean no value. zero value. Yeah. yeah right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they were quite clearly boot fair fines. Um, anyway, get to the cow. The cow is the head of a cow on a sort of grey background in quite a modern frame. And uh, Joe has put on the form, um, he wants a serious reserve on the cow because it is a picture of note. This is what she'd written. I got to the cow and it was signed. And it's quite a nice picture. In fact, it's a very nice picture, but it looks very modern and it's signed. Guess what it, it signed? It signed three letters. Roy. Right. Guess what my father's name is? No way. I promise you. So, at the weekend... I, I have, no, not no way. I know what your father's name is. <laughs> Sorry, let me just qualify that. We've been friends a long time. I know exactly what your father's name is. Are you now telling me that your father has painted this cow? Yes. So, my father, for many years, has quite happily sat at home working on his artwork, doing it like lots of people. That's his hobby. And then in the corner, he signs with a little ROY in black ink. Um, and weirdly, at the weekend, it was Susie's birthday, and my father sent Susie a lovely card, which was a black and white drawing of a Devon cottage signed Roy in the corner. We compared the two, absolutely identical. I know his style. I've seen lots of his pictures. They're fabulous. This is one of his. So I got this guy in and said, so, whatever your name is, Mark, let's call him. Um, you because like, oh name. yes, this is, this is from a very accomplished artist. And I said, oh, I expect he'll be pleased to hear that. He didn't seem to take the hint. I <laughs> He said, I want, <laughs> I want a minimum, a minimum of 200 pounds on this painting. Uh, it's from a, a very good artist. I said, oh, you know the artist, do you? He went, no, 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 no. But you can see that his work is very, you know, it's oh. very accomplished, it's very this, it's very that. I said, right, let's cut to the chase here. Where did you get the painting? And he went, well, why? I said, because I know the artist, it's my father. And he went, oh, really? I said, yes, yes, yes. Now let's start being truthful. Where did you get it? I'm loving this. He bought it two weeks ago from a boot fair. Oh, what? Uh, no, it gets worse. From a boot fair in Bridport. Right. Now guess how much he paid for it. Pound. Five Correct. pounds. Well, a pound. good guess. Yeah, good guess. A pound. So, to say that this guy was a bit of a chancer and a blagger would be quite right. Hang because on. that painting was I'd done give you, by I'd my father. I'd happily give a pound, at least a pound. I'll double the man's money. For a painting painted by your father, for the um, just um, uh, Simon's father is a hugely creative individual, and um, didn't get passed on by the way. It, it no, it didn't get passed on. <laughs> um, and interestingly, we both have gavels that were made for us when we launched our business years and years and years. Yes, and um, it's my probably one of my top five favourite possessions. Yeah. And it was made for me by Simon's father, who's very creative and had lathes and wood turning equipment and all the rest of it and made these beautiful gavels. Which we've had since our very, very first Yeah, auction. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I'll put it into context. His art may not be up to more than a pound, 
But uh, I've got a huge sentimental value for the thing he made me. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, and and whilst we're on that subject, and because you uh, are so grateful, um, I'm asking you to give Father a ring and tell him that his picture of his cow <laughs> sold for a pound at the Bridport Boot Fair. Yeah, yeah, I'm in for that. I'm in for that. Over I feel that you, as business. Pa- I feel that as business partners, I should take the can and save your bacon. I'll I'll ring your father. But can and, you imagine? Uh, can you imagine that this guy bought it for a pound, traced yeah. it up to our auction house, gave it the blarney that it's by an accomplished artist? No, 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 love. It's by my father who sits in his little hut quite happily doodling away. And yeah, it's a nice thing, but don't okay. tell me, S- Simon. Simon, it's not that man who's in trouble. It's not you who's in trouble. It's not me who's going to be left the task of telling him. But he will know who he gave that painting to. And uh, he will is... want to know why they yes. felt it was appropriate to take to a car boot and sell. Do you know what? There's The, the only good news in this story <laughs> is that my 82-year-old father hasn't got a hope in hell of working out how to use a podcast. We were talking uh, just generally the other day uh, about the bidders that come to auction rooms and somebody was talking about the TV show Lovejoy. And in that, Ian McShane, who plays Lovejoy, um, bids quite frequently by exaggerated or sly winking. Mm. Yes. And so this lady's just generally chit-chatting to us and all the rest of it. She goes, do you get a lot of sly winkers or peculiar bidders? And how do they, not peculiar bidders, but peculiarities within their bidding? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you do, and you you do get to. There is a strange sense as well, is that you can look out at a room, um, and all of a sudden you can see an individual who's maybe sat down, maybe stand, stood up, who is building up to their lot. Do you know what I mean, Harry? That you can see them. They they've gone from very relaxed to far more alert, to picking up their uh, catalogue, to the pen is poised, and you know, and I, I can literally sit there and say, next three lots, he'll be bidding on one of those, let's keep an eye on that guy. So that that's always an interesting you one. you know what, you're far, much better, you're far better at this than I am. You notice well, all that. Well, you, not always, but you certainly can see <laughs> with a lot of people, particularly if they're not seasoned auction no, 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 goers, because it's quite. You do see, you do see quite people stressful. who have done it before. They get yeah. very anxious. The other thing is about some bidders, you can spot novices in the room because quite a lot of novices will sit through four hours to get to their bid. <laughs> yeah, bless them, bless them. They're not going to miss it. They are there for the duration. It, and they're not. They're worried that I'm going to suddenly, or we will suddenly change the pace. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Then you've got the um, the ones that whistle at you. That always goes well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of being whistled at. <laughs> like a Labrador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really appreciate a whistle. Then, do you remember in the last auction, there was a very interesting chap who sat there very attentively on the front row and then when he wanted to bid, he literally stood up and thrust his card under our faces. He did. Do you remember him? Uh, with such aggression. The thing about him was, wasn't it, the fact that he just waited with his card, pushed towards us. Yeah. And we just kept accepting his bids and he was yeah. until he won. Is that the fellow? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he literally wouldn't sit down. He literally 
rammed straight in front of it. I've never seen that before. That is a new one on me. Um, but there was no way he was missing out. No, no. You've and got the shouters. Is, You've got the shouters. Shouters, like a shouter. Uh, you got the shouters. They shout in several ways. They'll shout to bid or they'll shout. And I quite like this bit of the shouting is that they'll shout to make an offer to get the bidding going. This oh. tends to happen more in your sort of general type sales or general items mm. than it does in your um, top-end antiques. But, you know, sir, will you take... You'd like them to say, sir, would you take yeah, £40? Pounds, but you tend to get, £40! Pounds! <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you 40 <laughs> or something along those nations. And they've all suddenly become cockney. That isn't true. None of them are like that. I would speak with that accent. The other bidders I like, and the, these are great as well, the ones that send you slightly over the edge, are the bidders that like to relocate after each bid. Ah. Uh, Somewhere different. What in the, is so that about? You've, take, you've taken five bids to your left on, say, art glass. And then a piece of art glass comes up 20 lots later and you go, art they've glass, gone. look to you. And they've gone. And you're like... Oh, well, they must have left. And all of a sudden, you get yelled at from the other side of the room because they're hiding to move. They're on a chair that they've <laughs> hidden behind a chest of drawers. And that's your fault, Harry, for not actually, and my fault, for not recognising that they've decided to no. relocate in a rather large Mate, It's my fault. And what, what I usually say to them is, you know, you can't move. And I get it because they're bored and there's, you know, they're there for a... They, some people can be there for four or five hours if it's a big auction and it's general sale and they've got lots and lots they want to bid on. So they move about and they get a bit cramped. What they don't understand is that they're talking to a big slug and I sit on the rostrum in the same position <laughs> for six hours <laughs> with, the, with the regular uptake of, of, of jelly babies about nine cups of tea. We did a clearance uh, in Dorset. Uh, we brought loads of stuff to auction. One of the items that went to auction was a little folk mandolin. So a little balloon back mandolin with inlay, you know, little tiny guitar. You know what a mandolin is. I don't need to explain it to you. I appreciate that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Do you play one? No, no. No. My mandolin okay. days are behind me. They're behind you. Right. <laughs> so anyway, really sweet little vintage thing. Um, no idea if it plays. Don't really have the talent to check. Um, but with inlay, really sweet, and it made £42 at auction. So nothing really, you know, it's a little thing. However, uh, a couple of days ago, gentleman turned up, hi, I've come down to pick up the mandolin, and I have come down, and I, I noticed the accent, which I am not going to try and do, don't worry, don't panic yourself. He came down from the northeast. I was just noting where we were on the uh, podcast recording so that our brilliant producer, David, <laughs> Can cut could this um, out. edit that bit out. <laughs> so he came in and said something like, how do we and... Don't do it. Go on. Stop it. I can't help myself. Lovely chap. And we showed him his mandolin. And he had travelled down from up near Saltburn... To, yeah, to collect his mandolin. He then went on to explain to me that he plays in a mandolin orchestra in the northeast and that he fell in love online with the little mandolin and he bought it and he's come down and he's going to clean it up and refurbish it. And that little mandolin that was in a house in Dorset. So, oh, sorry, I should have mentioned it's a German maker. So, so it's a German mandolin 
He's never been good at telling stories, listeners. I, I really should. Salient point. The salient point, right, David? <laughs> when you guessing. edit this, when you edit this, can you get that bit to the front of the story? Make my story work, please, David. That'll be brilliant. M- needed to mention, it's a German mandolin. So this German mandolin, let's look at its little travels. Made in Germany, played in Germany, ended up in Dorset. House clearances at deceased estate ended up in Devon at our auction house in our custody for a month. Gentleman from the north east of England has fell in love with it and taken it back up there. And next week it will be playing in a bandstand in Saltburn as part of the mandolin orchestra. But my favourite bit of the story was he said, quite ironic, the Germans bombed our bandstand. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, not now, I, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how he pieced that bit together. You know, the fact that it would now play at the reconditioned bandstand after the Germans bombed it with the mandolin that they made. I'm not quite sure how to tie all that together, but our listeners, I am fairly sure, will work it out. I, I, don't, I haven't got anything to add to that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> don't you think it's, it's a sweet story? I think... It's a historical story and it is interesting. I think that I like the stories behind the things that we sell. So, as you know, we did uh, a year before, just before lockdown, we did a Star Wars sale Mm. and we had a lot of personal memorabilia from Carrie Fisher. Yes, that's true. And there was a photo of Carrie Fisher and our client's mum sat on a bench in I want to say California I think that's right and it was bought by an American lady who lives on the opposite coast right and she bought the photo and it was signed that's what the collectability apart from the fact it was from her but this lady's personal collection it was signed by Carrie and they'd obviously carried on a correspondence so there was all sorts of Bits and pieces in this lot. She sent us a photo of her and her friend who had flown across America, gone to the location and sat on the bench to have their photographs taken in the same pose as Carrie Fisher and our client's mummy. Not what I was expecting from this lovely uh, little old lady, to be honest. Oh, on cue, Simon lives by the seaside, for those of you who don't believe me, because I have to keep... Did you hear that? It's, I have to keep talking over these blinking seagulls. They are annoying. Oh, producer David, <laughs> leave it in. Simon keeps opening his window. We're going to hear a thud one day, and one's going to just hit the window looking for chips. I must stop leaving my fish and chips on the windowsill whilst we're doing this. It's no good. It's no good. Talking of transport, the best one... Do you remember we sold a life-size statue, probably made out of papier-mâché or something like that, of a cow? Do you remember the black and white cow? Yes, 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 yes. And that went out. It it had been originally auctioned for charity, hadn't it? Yes, it had. That's right. It had been painted by an artist and it had been auctioned and it had ended up in Brighton in a um, nightclub. And we were clearing the nightclub. So we brought the cow back, uh, sold the cow at auction, um, and it went out with all four legs pointing skywards, strapped to the top of a um, a four before. 
And it was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. A life-size cow, looked like it had rigor mortis with all four legs in the air, trundling off down the A35. I've only, I can't top that because I love that. Good. But we did collect a life-size model of a horse that was made out, it was going for a nightclub installation, which was made of little mirrored squares. Oh, yeah. So imagine yeah. the life-size horse replica. And it's like a, it's like one of those glitter balls every little... Yeah. Every, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we couldn't get it in the lorry. And so it had to come down the back of our lorry with its head out the back of the lorry as we drove down the M4. Apparently, it's the most hit Windsor Auctions ever been on social media because <laughs> people were videoing this horse. Um, I God knows how we, uh, yeah, we only did a couple of junctions, but it was very funny. But yeah, it wasn't a horse, it wasn't a cow with rigor mortis. <laughs> so there you have it. Well, that was David's selection of highlights, lowlights of the Gavel and the Gabble podcast so far. David keeps reminding us to say, can you like, subscribe, review, spread the word, put it on your social media channels and all that sort of stuff. We've got some excellent interviews coming up, some really interesting people to add to the interesting people we've already had on the pod. Thanks so much for your support. Uh, spread the word. Spread the word.